Warning, All Things Crime is a true crime production that may contain violent or disturbing material. Viewer or listener discretion is advised. San Francisco is going to crap and it's amazing. And LA is kind of the same way. Uh, and, and that's just a whole nother story, but let's focus on San Francisco right now. He announced that he would would not prosecute anything less than $950. So guess what? The cr- overall crime of burglary and things that uh, is under $950 has absolutely spiked through the roof. What a surprise, right? Everybody, this is Jared Bradley here, your host with All Things Crime, and I can't tell you how much uh, how excited I am to be with you and appreciate you hanging out with me here. Yeah, especially as we approach the Fourth of July, it's you know in the middle of summer, the weather is awesome. You get to go to the lake, you get to go camping. You know, it's just a great time to be around. Kids are out of school, and it's fun to hang out with them, right? And uh, you know, I, I saw a post on LinkedIn today. The guy was talking about spending time with kids. And so those of you that still have kids at home, make sure that you are spending time with them because they will be grown and out of the house and gone before you know it. And uh, I already have a daughter that's married. Can't believe that. But here we are. But I still have a few at home. And so I'm enjoying them while I can. I definitely appreciate all of you watching and listening. And all of you that have subscribed, please continue to do that. You know, share it with your friends. And if you haven't subscribed yet, smash that subscribe button and uh, let's get going. So as all of you know, usually I have a guest. I, I have guests on all things crime. And typically they are experts on some phase of the investigative process, uh, detectives and crime scene investigators, lawyers, all sorts of folks like that. But Today, I wanted to do a quick solo episode and talk about just a couple of things. I got some great feedback when I did a solo podcast or video cast in when I was in Panama. And I, as uh, if, if you haven't heard that episode, it's probably, I don't know, five or six uh, before this one. So go back and check that one out. I was in Panama and I, I went down to what's called the Darien Gap. And that is the area between Colombia and Panama, where all the migrants are coming through. It's an extremely dangerous area, and I highly recommend you go back and check that out. Uh, got a bunch of videos on it, and uh, it's just an amazing, just crazy place down there. It was it was one of those emotional times when I just had to sit down and just talk about things, much like today. Here's what I I want to uh, quickly cover. I'll be going more in depth with uh, some future guests. I'm gonna, I'm gonna definitely invite some folks that have a little more expertise in this area, so we can expound on some of this stuff that I'm gonna, that I'm gonna quickly cover today. But first of all, what really are our minimal moral and societal standards? And uh, I, I'll explain that here in just a second. But the second thing is, what really does the rule of law mean to us? You know, for those of us that haven't really gone into 
these things in depth. And I've been really honored to be able to do this as of late because, and especially in the last 10 years that I've been working with law enforcement so much. And it's not that I'm an expert on any of these things, but I, I've, I've seen enough and I've, I've helped enough investigators and prosecutors and uh, people that are going into court and the whole court system. I've seen enough that I think I, I can actually uh, give something of an of a educated response to it. So just wanted to quick throw these things out and get you guys thinking a little bit about it. And hopefully, um, hopefully some of the wheels are turning in your heads as well. And so, uh, but wanted to throw this out to you. So uh, first of all, there was last week, there was a guy in the San Francisco area who, and, and there's a video of this, I, I posted it on LinkedIn uh, earlier, but I'm sure most of you have seen this. It's just the most brazen thing I've ever seen in my life. This guy rides his bicycle into a pharmacy and it looks like a CVS or a Walgreens or something like that. It's, it's laid out and uh, looks pretty large and there's signs above it. And there's the, the, the aisle that he was in and his, he rode his bike in there. So his bike is sitting there in the aisle and he's got this big garbage sack and he's loading this garbage sack full of whatever was, he was just pulling stuff off the shelf and throwing it into this big garbage sack. And it's in the wellness, health and wellness area. And, I, and based on the other stuff that's in the aisle, I'm assuming it was probably like antihistamines like Zyrtec or something like that. But most likely it's, it's pharmaceuticals that I'm assuming he would be able to sell those on the street, give them to family. I mean, there's a reason that he picked that particular area, I'm sure. The amazing thing to me is, number one, he rode his bike into the store. And most of us would not even consider that. Uh, but second of all, he just starts loading his garbage sack up. Once he's got everything that he thinks he wants, he throws the garbage sack on the front of the bike and rides his bike down the aisle past these people that are, there's at least three people sitting there or standing there recording him. And he just rides his bike out and they record him walk, you know, just riding right out the front door. Like he just didn't have a care in the world. And I, I watched this video and I'm like, are you kidding me? I, I mean, first of all, who does that? And it, it, I mean, it's really hard to describe. Can you fathom actually standing in a store, you're, you go into a pharmacy or into a Walgreens or whatever, for whatever reason you want to, even if you want a, a drink and a, and a bag of chips, they have that there. But most people go into those kind of stores to get uh, a wrap for their ankle or they're picking up a, a prescription or uh, you know, something else, there's toothpaste. Anyway, it's a, it's, it's a bigger than a convenience store, but it's not a supermarket. But, it, you know, everybody loves those. And there's, there's tons of them all over the place. And it's because they're convenient. The, the crazy thing to me is this, this guy basically, it, to me, it looked like he had zero concern about what he was doing. I mean, he had just not a care in the world. I mean, how do we get to this point? That is my question for you. How do we get to the point where somebody feels that they are entitled, that they are capable, but they're not even concerned about riding their bicycle into a store 
somebody's business and taking what they want, loading it up into a garbage sack and riding out the front door, not paying for it. I it just, it, to me, it was just the most brazen thing I've ever seen. And, you know, so that's, that's the question that we have to ask ourselves. As a society, how did we get here? So here's, here's a couple of things. Number one, the San Francisco DA has been in there a few years now, I believe. And San Francisco is going to crap. And it's amazing. And LA is kind of the same way. Uh, and, and that's just a whole nother story. But let's focus on San Francisco right now. He announced that he would, would not prosecute anything less than $950. So guess what? The cr overall crime of burglary and things that uh, is under $950 has absolutely spiked through the roof. What a surprise, right? Well, when people know that, they, that they'll never be prosecuted for it, police don't even arrest people if they, if they know their, um, the, the amount that they're stealing is less than $950, what's the point? They're just gonna take them down there to the station, book them in, and then they'll just be released and they'll never be charged. So it'll never appear on their, on their record. And so there's, there's really no repercussions for stealing anything less than $950. And lo and behold, what a surprise. I'm Mike Morford, and I've been researching the Zodiac case for years. Zodiac, just the name. It sounds sinister. It inspires fear. The fact that a serial killer would give himself this moniker is disturbing. He would go on to taunt police by sending letters and codes to newspapers for years. And the attacks, they were something else altogether. If you were a young couple in a secluded area, you could easily be a target. And it wasn't just shootings on dark lovers' lanes. Zodiac would even attack with a knife in broad daylight while wearing an executioner-style hood. After a while, Zodiac changed tactics, and even lone cab drivers weren't safe. The Zodiac Killer terrorized the San Francisco Bay Area and then vanished, but he left a lot of clues behind along the way. Clues that we're going to examine closely on the new podcast, Zodiac Speaking. New episodes of Zodiac Speaking come out every other Saturday starting March 13, 2021. Subscribe today wherever you listen to podcasts so you don't miss a single episode. People are actually walking into stores with a calculator, or they're using their phone calculator, and they're adding up all the stuff that they're going to steal. And then they're just, they'll, they'll hit their $950 and they'll just walk out. It is insane. And, you know, surprisingly, even the San Francisco Chronicle, which is a, a fairly liberal newspaper from what I understand, they've reported that there is a 753% increase in car burglaries. So people are breaking into other people's cars stealing whatever they want. And they know that there, there will be no repercussions for that. There's no charges. Uh, most likely the people won't even, even call the cops because they know that they, nothing will happen. It'll just be a waste of time. So in, in looking at, in watching this guy do this, it's pretty obvious that he had zero moral concern for his actions. I mean, morally, most of us, I think would, would, when we have a conscience, we'd say, you know what, that's just wrong. I'm not going to do it. But second of all, um, most of us would be concerned that somebody would call the cops and we'd go to jail. 
But clearly, this guy that rode his bike into the pharmacy didn't have either of those concerns. And to me, that's a major problem. And so that's, that's the first place. This guy clearly had zero concern for this business owner. Now, I, I don't really know if this was a chain store or if this is a mom and pop pharmacy. I, I mean, in some ways, I hope it was a chain store like Walgreens or CVS or one of the big ones, because at least they are not going to take such a major hit. It doesn't justify it at all. But at least then, you know, these guys aren't going to go out of business if it happens more than once. If it's a small business owner, now MVAC Systems is a small business. And I can tell you right now, if we had very many people stroll into our company and just take whatever they thought they deserved more than we did, you know, just kind of snatched up some of our inventory and walked out the door with it, we're not going to be able to handle very many of those kind of hits before we would be out of business. And most small businesses, especially, are like that. You know, they have minimal margins and minimal amounts of loss that they can that they can take. And doesn't matter if they have insurance coverage or not. Eventually, the insurance company will drop them if they have too many claims against it. That's just the nature of the beast. I mean, it's so the lack of concern for the business owner, the person that has put their whole life savings into some of these businesses, there's no concern for them. And this is this is true for some of these clothing stores that people are walking in, they're scooping up $900 worth of inventory and walking out the front door. And that's insane. What do you do? If you're like a little 7-Eleven or a little mom and pop's uh, convenience store, those guys can't afford to, uh, to have those kind of uh, incidences happen very often. They'll be out of business. They, they, they can't do it. So, you know, they just, they just can't absorb it. And so physical security and business security is something that's actually really important. And amazingly, um, trying to think, I, I, it was just recently, I sat down with my 11-year-old son, Mikey, and I asked him this basic question. And I'm gonna play this for you. The first thing I said was, if we didn't have police, what would it be like trying to do business? And what did you say? That people would be able to, the company would not be able to have protection and people, someone could just walk in and steal something. Yeah. So how, you know, we make like MVACs, right? Mm -hmm. And you've been to our office. So if we, if we had to also make sure that nobody ever came in and took something, how much, how many MVACs do you think we could make? A lot. Wait, no, not, not that much. Why not? Because you, because you, so if someone, because someone could just keep on stealing something and that would make, yeah. that would cause it that you would have to, that you would only be able to make a, a few of them. So there you go. Now, Mikey is 11 years old and he gets it. And obviously he gets it more than the San Francisco DA does because I don't know what the San Francisco DA is thinking is going to happen. You know, what the end result is going to be. He probably thinks, well, you know, some of these people that are, uh, that are really hurting, that are uh, struggling in, in life, 
that they deserve that inventory. They deserve uh, the money that that business owner uh, is earning more than than the business owner does. But clearly, Mikey gets it, and I, it's it's just amazing that an eleven year old can understand it more than you know some of these adults that uh, that I'm talking to. And so, but there's also zero concern for the community because I'll tell you right now what's going to happen eventually these kind of businesses, and, and this is already happening, by the way, but eventually all the businesses around there are going to close shop. They, they have to. Some of these people that have been in business for decades and they've never had to, had to spurge for their own security, but even if they have their own security, sometimes if they physically try to stop the person that's, that's in there stealing their stuff, they get charged with assault. And so it's a no-win situation for some of these business owners. Well, guess what? The business owners are going to pack up what inventory they still have, and they're going to leave. They're going to get a truck, and they're going to load their stuff up, and they're going to move to a community that actually will provide them security so that they can operate as a business. And so what is that going to do to the community? Well, the, you know, the bottom line is nobody in their right mind is going to stay open and operate a business where people can just freely walk in and take as much stuff as they want and then walk back out. So business owners, for those of you that don't get it, businesses provide jobs. The government's not the only people that can provide jobs. In fact, 70% uh, of our economy is run with small business jobs. And so all these small businesses that can't afford those kind of losses are going to pack up their stuff. It doesn't matter how long they've been there. They're going to pack up their stuff and they're going to move. And they are. And we all know that San Francisco and California in general is there's a mass exodus going out of California. And it's because of stuff like this that, that is happening. And it, and it doesn't take a genius to figure this out. But so let's talk about what is the end game here? What is really going to happen if this kind of behavior isn't, isn't criminalized? Well, it doesn't take a genius to figure that out either. Bottom line is, there's going to be an increase in crime. And once the, uh, the, well, the severity of the crime is going to go up as well. So when people are, are only stealing $950 worth of stuff or less, and they're not, they're not uh, being prosecuted for it, then at what junction do they raise the stakes? And they say, well, you know, a minor assault, it, that's not so bad. And so we're not going to prosecute minor assaults. I just read that the Portland mayor, uh, the genius that this guy is, he has actually said that he is, doesn't want any of his police pulling over people and, and giving traffic tickets. So guess what's going to happen, folks? I flat guarantee you, the crazy driving in Portland is going to spike. People know that they're not going to get pulled over for anything. So why not go have some fun? You know, let's lay some rubber down on the streets. So the severity of the crime is going to increase. And lo and behold, more and more people are going to be hurt by it. So we all know what the drill is here. You know, the things are going to go really bad. And the community is going to get even worse. Unemployment's going to go up. Crime is going to go up. And guess what? Politicians are going to blame the police. 
they're going to uh, blame all sorts. They have to find some kind of a scapegoat because it's not there. It can't be their fault. They won't get reelected. So they will find a scapegoat. And I guarantee our law enforcement officers are going to receive the brunt of it because they've already set that stage. And that's, that's really why All Things Crime is so concerned about it is because the entire investigative process is, is grinding to a halt in some of these big cities because even the basics of law and order are falling apart. And that's all because of these um, elected officials that really aren't, aren't operating on the same uh, type of law and order that most of society accepts as normal. Honestly, I, I just can't understand that mentality. You know, there's certain, there's certain basic standards that we as a society have to agree on. And as far as I know, these, these standards have been in, in existence for a long time. It's like, I'm pretty sure uh, back in the, I don't know, uh, at the time of Christ, if you were caught stealing something, there was a repercussion for it. And it's always been that way. You know, you can't just walk in and take somebody's stuff and walk out and not think that something is going to happen. You know, it used to be uh, if you just like grab somebody's stuff, you'd get punched in the face. That's what used to happen. You know, walk, walk up to uh, somebody in the street and just grab their purse and see what happens. And normally that is a, um, yeah, it, something's, something's going to happen. But in today's society, uh, you know, the thought of actually moving away from any repercussions for something of, of that violation, when you are violating somebody else's uh, property or person, uh, it, to me, that just does not make sense. So the bottom line for me is, uh, you know, society as a whole will break down if this kind of madness isn't stopped. And so I, I highly encourage all of you that are listening or watching this, you know what, you've got to stand up and, you know, call your congressman, call your mayor's office and say, look, we want you to adhere to the rule of law. There are laws and rules written out there and they're written out there for a reason. And that's because society can't function without them. And so we, we have to have them. So uh, that's my first soapbox. So here's another one. All right, everybody. As you can tell, I have been a little long-winded today. And so I am going to break this into two parts. So I hope you will uh, tune in to part two of my June 30th rant. All right. We'll talk to you later, guys. Thanks so much for listening and hope you smash that subscribe button, share it with your friends. And uh, yeah, have a great day. Thank you for listening to All Things Crime. We are so grateful for all of our listeners. If you enjoyed this, please give us a positive review so other people can find it as well. Have an amazing All Things Crime day.